0: Go with me to Matthew 24 and verse 14. And here is something the Lord Jesus in his earthly ministry promised and has given us hope of world evangelism. Matthew twenty-four fourteen, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, And then shall the end come. So the Lord is not going to return until every corner of the globe, every nation will hear the gospel. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. It is a joy to bring you the message of the gospel today, and our text will be Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. And as we will learn, this is a promise not just for missionaries and preachers, Christian workers, but it is for every Christian. Faithful is he that called you to be saved, to be a Christian. To be a follower of the Lord Jesus, who also will do it. Just as God called you, He will equip you, and He will help you all the way to the end. And so that's our message today from the Word of God as we let the Bible speak. Then at the close of our service, we will have a little thought on Moses in the Mount. We need to be Praying people. Firstly, let's have a hymn Go Through With God, and this is sung by some of our free Presbyterian ministers at an annual week of prayer. Go Through With God. turn to our text tonight. It is 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 24. This is one of those parts of the Bible where you get a whole list of short commands, short statements. And this is a declaration of God's own faithfulness. Verse 24 in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Let's pray a moment. Father, we thank Thee for the light of Your Word, and we pray that we will give our hearts to this wonderful, wonderful encouragement. Faithful is He that calleth You, who also will do it. Lord, truly we can say that through our years that Thou hast been faithful, and we pray tonight that You will remind us and Help us to rehearse these things and to rest in the faithfulness of the Lord our God. And so minister to us, give help from heaven, and send us home rejoicing this evening. Through thy word we pray in our Savior's name. Amen. This is one of those texts that explains itself. It says, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. When we talk about someone being faithful, we know they will keep their word. They will do what they say. And this really is the character of the Lord our God. And so he is trustworthy. You can put your confidence and your trust in the Lord and all that he promises because that is his very nature. Now, we put our trust in different people all the time. You do so when you visit the doctor. You go with your health complaint and whatever's ailing you. You explain what you can. And there's a high degree of trust that he cares for you and that he will use all his knowledge and expertise to solve the problem and to manage whatever that difficulty is. You do the same thing when you visit a dentist and there you are on the Dental chair, and you get that gag in your mouth, and the chair is tipped down, and the drill starts up, and you are totally trusting in the expertise of the dentist to do all of the right things. Now, as a Christian, which really means a Christ one, or a disciple, or a follower of the Lord Jesus, we are constantly putting our trust. In the Lord he is the one we look to and he is the one that we trust in every time of need and I think it's good for us tonight to remind ourselves of this so that whenever we do hit the bumps along the road of our Christian life that this will reassure us and will confirm us in the Lord so the first thing I want us to do tonight is to remember God's faithfulness because of the record that God has of doing what he said. And as you think of the history of the Bible, you go right back to the day of creation, when God said, really the sixth day of creation, he said, let us make man in our own image. And he did it. And forth came Adam and Eve. And the most marvelous thing about God creating that first man and first woman, that they had within them the powers of procreation. Eve to be the mother of all living, and Adam to be the first man and the head of the whole human race. And look what we have in the world today. Seven billion people. God said, let us make man in our own image. And he did it. And what an amazing creation in the human body. We could go through all the faculties and the features of hearing, eyesight, uh, the whole digestive system to nourish every cell in our body. The creation of man is one of the wonders of God's doing. Now, not only did God create, but he upholds And one of the big promises that you have in the book of Genesis is after the flood when God said that he would never again destroy the world by a flood. And then he put that bow, that rainbow in the sky and promised that as long as the world remains, there would be summer and winter, seed time harvest, there would be hot and cold, there would be night and day. And Already we see the faithfulness of God. It's September. The evenings are dropping. How quickly darkness comes on. And here we are all of these 6,000 years approximately. God has marvelously kept his word. Now let me rehearse that number. We're going to the flood period, which would be more like 4,000 years uh, from uh, today. 6,000 years from today creation. But God has kept his word. And that rainbow was still very meaningful. And God is indeed faithful. God promised to Abraham that he would give to him a seed greater than the stars in the sky or the sand in the sea. And who would have thought that from one man, there would be a nation that would multiply and multiply and bring forth a mighty people until there were about 2 million people who crossed the Red Sea, and then into the Promised Land, and all the diaspora since, the multitudes of that Jewish people. But beyond that, the spiritual sons and daughters of Abraham, all who have faith in Christ, are counted as the sons of Abraham. And so again, that promise is marvelously kept. Then uh, to Moses, Moses was given tremendous promises and how he took Moses and the people across that Red Sea and sustained them in the promised land. God said he, he was he would do it and he did. And all of these histories we see it over and over again. Then the promise of a Messiah, Isaiah chapter 9 verse six. That he would be called the Prince of Peace, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Who would fit that bill? And yet in the fullness of time, our Lord Jesus was born of Mary in our nature. And was indeed all of those attributes that are given to him in Isaiah 9. All the prophetical promises concerning our Savior are fulfilled in his first coming, and that gives us great confidence that he will also fulfill the promises of his second coming. And of course, the scoffers, they say, where is the promise of his coming? They say the Lord is dead or forgotten, all about those things. Well, we're clinging to those promises. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And one more example of God's record in the Old Testament, and that is the 70 years of exile for the children of Israel after they were carried off to Babylon. Exactly 70 years. And that's what they were told. And at the end of 70 years, God had Cyrus in place and he gave him the desire that those Jews would go back to Jerusalem and rebuild. And he provided an escort, he provided the supplies, there were letters given that they would be given the the timber and all that was required to rebuild. God promised, and he did it. Then in the New Testament, we come, of course, to Pentecost. What an amazing time that was. And God said, that he would pour out his spirit 50 days, 50 days, and God poured out his spirit. That's why it's called Pentecost, 50 days. And that was the beginning of world evangelism, the mighty move of the Spirit of God. Now, another promise, and here we come to our present situation tonight, now, I want you to go with me to Matthew 24 and verse 14, and here is something the Lord Jesus in his earthly ministry promised and has given us hope of world evangelism. Matthew 24:14, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So the Lord is not going to return until every corner of the globe, every nation will hear the gospel. And I think in our lifetime, and I speak to most here tonight that have lived a considerable time on the earth already, and we have seen the advance, not just of television, ministry, Radio ministry, internet. And the world and the nations are all on a great network to hear the gospel. Now, I know they can hear many other things too. Many things that are wicked and evil. The internet has speeded up so many things. But it certainly has advanced the gospel in parts of the world at a rate that would formerly have been unthinkable. And even now with Google Translation and all of those services, there's ways for people to hear the gospel that were never known before. Now, the Lord also stated that in the last days, there would be scoffers, a-falling-away, those who will mock and those who will oppose. And certainly that is true as well. We ought not to be surprised to be living in a generation where there is not just intolerance, but there is a defiance, there's a hostility, there is a reluctance to even entertain the gospel. And that is something that scares us. And yet it ought not to surprise us, because faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. So there's the record of God's faithfulness. And can any of us deny that God does not keep his word? Can any of us point to even an example of absolute failure to keep his own promises? Rather, uh, the other way around, we have many things that we can list. Now, another thing here that God can be trusted, he's worthy of our trust tonight because of his redeeming faithfulness, his work of salvation and redemption within the hearts of his people. Now, we're here in First Thessalonians 5, verse uh, chapter 5. Let's look at verse 9, where we began our reading this evening. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain. Now, you might want to put a little mark in your Bible that the word obtain means possess. It's something we lay hold upon to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. God never mocks those who seek salvation. All who seek, find. All who call upon God to be saved from sin will possess, they will obtain salvation for absolute certainty. Now, we are therefore called into Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you. Now, I know that text might be taken by preachers and missionaries and Christian workers to specific ministries. Faithful is he that calleth you to the mission field. That would be very true. But it's also true for our souls. It's also true for our salvation. Faithful is he that calleth you to believe the gospel. And as we learned today, uh, already this morning in John 10, that we are appointed sheep given to the Son by the Father, and our Lord Jesus gives us, and has already purchased for us, this full salvation. And of course, the point we learn is that it's personal. It's mine, and it's yours. Salvation is not just the masses of people in Ontario, or Canada. It's one by one, one by one. And that's how the gospel advances. And so never be reluctant to witness even to just one person. To take a gospel to one soul and share with them the good news of the gospel. Amen. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. I want to finish off the program today with a few thoughts on in the mountaintop with God in prayer. In Exodus 17, we read of Moses, Aaron, and Hur up in the mountain while the battle was raging down in the valley. That was Joshua's first fight. They had very recently crossed over the River Jordan They were now in the wilderness, and the enemy Amalek came and set themselves against Israel. Moses commanded Joshua to lead the army, choosing out men who would go and fight with Amalek. But what did Moses do? That might be somewhat surprising. Well, he took Aaron and Hur, went up into a mountain to watch over the the battle, and there he held up his arms before God, holding the rod of God in his hand. Now, carnal men would say, "Hey, Habes, get down here and fight. We need you with a sword in your hand, and we need you to enter into the physical battle. But Moses knew that the battle was not won by the sword alone. There was the unseen hand of God That was required. And so right up there in the mountain, Moses interceded and he pleaded with God that he would give the victory to Joshua down in the valley. Now, the incredible, the amazing uh, thing to notice here is that while Moses' hands were held up, the battle went well. The power of God was at work to weaken Amalek and give more and more success and victory to his people Israel, led by Joshua. But when Moses' hands drooped because they became weary with holding them up, then the battle did not go well for Israel. Rather, Amalek became stronger and Israel became weaker, and they lost ground. And so it was vital that during the battle that Moses held his hands in the air, holding the rod of God. And therefore, he needed Aaron and Hur to come alongside and hold up his arms and strengthen him. Now, that's what church prayer meetings are all about. That's why God's people pray in groups or twos and threes or maybe the whole congregation coming together to conduct a prayer time so that we hold up one another. Now, this rod that was in Moses' hand, well, it was the same rod that God used to do miracles through Moses before Pharaoh to soften his heart. And it's the same rod by which he opened up the see, the Red Sea and the rod that Moses used to strike the rock that provided water. And, of course, this was the instrument of God's power given to his servant and to his people. Now, we have a mighty weapon. We have the weapon of all prayer. And if you turn to Ephesians 6 and verse 17, you will read there about taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and praying with all prayer and supplication. And so just as Moses held up that rod, We pray with the word of God in our hands and in our hearts, and we plead with God to do as he said. Now, the lesson is obvious. It's a no-brainer to see that when we pray, things go well. When we give up prayer, things go to the enemy. And this is true because prayer brings God into the battle of life. And whatever struggles and cares you have in your Christian life, you need the Lord and you need His power in your life and within your soul. Also, it's true because the whole church is called to a ministry of prayer. The tendency is that we leave this to one or to a few, but here we see that we need men who will hold up one another, in the place of prayer, in the place of intercession. And where the church is at prayer, well, there will be blessing. Little prayer, little blessing, great prayer, much blessing. And Israel must have been glad that up on the mountain Moses was interceding with the rod, while Aaron and her held up Moses' hand. So I wonder, are you doing your part to hold up the hands of God's praying people in the church. And so we should build the advertisement, the poster, wanted men to hold up arms in prayer. And we have many examples of this where the church is required to be united and to be consistent in prayer, not growing weary, but standing strong. I trust that this little exhortation will draw you to be a faithful servant of God, even in prayer. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived. program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast, and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the live now button on the home page of our website or if you would like to talk with me one on one as a pastor please give me a call the phone number is 604-897-2040 the mailing address is 187 187- 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S 1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188 Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m. here on the station as we Let the Bible Speak.